It's February 13, 2019, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Melly James, and she joins us to give us the update on the annual Hawaii Venture Capital Association Gala Awards Banquet, which is really cool. It's fun. And then Corey Tanita and Malia Margulis will join us to tell us about the automatic voter registration bills that are kind of going through the legislature right now. But first, before we get into that, I'm happy to have Mele back. I see you sitting on the chair with your name on it. That's very good. Thank you, Bert. And I love to hear what you um, are doing with the you know with this year's HVCA. Awards banquet. I mean, uh, every year this is kind of an event that uh, a lot of people in the community look forward to. So what do you have in store for us? Yeah, so last year we celebrated 30 years. Our organization began in 1988. Mm -hmm. So this year celebrates our 19th annual awards gala uh, where we recognize in successes in the innovation and entrepreneurial space in Hawaii. So things that have happened last year, whether that's in the social impact space or in the investment space, uh, people being recognized for being entrepreneurial within their own organization. So that's having an entrepreneurial mindset, mm-hmm. uh, creating new innovation, and all these various categories. We have 13 categories this year, um, many of which are, are very similar from, from years past, where we've got finalists. And it's kind of a fun way to come to an event like that mm-hmm. where it's full of entrepreneurs and really get a snapshot of what's happening in the innovation and entrepreneurial small business ecosystem here in Hawaii. How do most of these uh, um, participants get nominated? Is it is it like a peer nomination, or how do how do names kind of fill the hat? So we open nominations quite a few months in advance, and peers can nominate. Um, anyone can nominate in the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have some new categories? We have one category that's new this year. It's I wouldn't call it a category that we'll have every year. It's a special recognition, and that's for Fair Harbor, which is a company that was started here by a UH graduate and his brother and a few others. They got their start kind of on the couch, um, building a booking activities booking platform mm-hmm. that was acquired last year for quite a significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're recognizing them for an ac- a very large acquisition. So the the special category, what was the special category? for specifically around an, an acquisition or, or some big, you know, like uh, exit or liquidity event? Yes. Well, it, it was an acquisition. So it's a, we don't know the exact number, but mm-hmm. we've heard it's it's quite large in the nine digits, supposedly. Wow. Um, which is, you know, not something that's normal for mm-hmm. a lot of our companies here. We don't see acquisitions all the time. So we wanted to make sure we had a special recognition for them starting the company here, right here in Hawaii. Oh, so uh, it'd be cool if we had a, uh, an acquisition award every year. It would be cool, Bert. I hope someday <laughs> we will. So we've got so many to choose from. That's right. So who are some of the finalists you'd like to sort of bring attention to? Sure. So we've got our deal of the year, which is Flow Water, mm-hmm. which is a blue startups company in cohort one. Uh, they provide water um for in, in stations where you can keep filling up your your bottles, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Rich Resgatis. Rez- He's coming in from San Francisco to accept the award. They raised uh, seven point five million last year, which is our deal of the year. It's the largest deal investment transaction of a are Hawaii they, company. Are they based in Hawaii or are they based in the Bay Area? They have an office here, but they were started here um, and came through the Blue mm-hmm, Startups program. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they have now since moved their headquarters to Denver. Another. Award is Entrepreneur of the Year. We've got Steve Homeshield from Lanikai Brewing Company. Okay. So we're really excited about that one. Island Innovator of the Year is Bryn Foster from Voyaging Foods. She came through Mana Up's Cohort 1. 
which is exciting. Uh, Startup champion of the year is Carl Fuchs from HSDC, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as well as uh, corporate entrepreneur of the year, which is Peter Fukunaga from Carhui Share. And these are all, they're not finalists. They're actually the ones that are receiving the award. Yes. These are particular categories where we're announcing the actual winner. We have quite a few categories where we have three finalists um, each. One uh, that I can talk about is a Student Entrepreneur of the Year, mm-hmm. which recognizes a student, whether they're at the university or high school level. Um, so we've got um, Anu Hawaii, Kolohe Ocean Gems, and Rooted. So those are three categories, all uh, started with um uh, innovations from a student. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have another consumer packaged goods entrepreneur of the year, which is um, Mele Kalama Kingma from Mamalani, Dylan Butterbaugh from Manoa Chocolate, and Kyle Spencer from Slow Tide. Now, usually uh, the finalists, even the ones that are named for an award, are usually held held pretty secretly until the actual event. I'm I'm surprised you're actually kind of announcing them now. So certain. Yes, certain categories would have three finalists, and they will not know mm-hmm. until the night of the event. Um, there were just certain categories that it didn't make sense to continue doing that way, specifically deal of the year because it's the largest deal transaction, so it's quite a quantitative mm-hmm. thing. It's not really up for discussion. And people already kind of know about it. And Yeah, yeah so it, it just made sense to um, announce early and also give the entrepreneurs a chance to invite their families and mm-hmm, friends and mm-hmm. really get to celebrate. What's also neat is um, we have quite a few legislators that come to the event. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be having the new chief investment officer from the ERS, um, the High Hawaii Employment Retirement System, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. She'll be giving our keynote. Um, and UH System is our title sponsor. So we're really excited just to see everything happening that night and meeting a lot of the entrepreneurs. If you're interested in entrepreneurship or innovation happening here, want to hear some of the great successes that ha- that we had last year, it's an awesome event. Um, tickets right now are $95 for general, and those are going to go up on Friday. So I would definitely think about getting tickets now. And tell us when and where is this taking place? Sure. It is at Wailai Country Club, mm-hmm. and it starts at six o'clock on friday march 1st march 1st okay so that's coming up and uh where can people find the information you can learn more at hvca.org very good so we'll put that up on our show notes thanks Melly, for joining us thanks bert always a pleasure and of course we'll take a short break and when we return we'll be joined by Corey tanita and malia margulis we'll learn about automatic voter registration this is bite marks cafe Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Co-working. I remember when I was younger, I was briefly a member and donating, but when I came back, I decided I wanted to become a member only because... I realized how valuable it was and how important it was to keep this really unique treasure on the radio. And because it had this wonderful mix of jazz, classical music, and news, that sort of pushed me into the membership pool. My name is Blaine Saito, and I'm a sustaining member of Hawaii Public Radio. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us, we have Corey Tanita and Malia Margulis. Corey is an independent consultant, and she is one of the key advocate advocates and advocating for automatic voter registration. 
Meanwhile, Malia is a senior over at Punoho School where she hopes to get more of her generation involved with the political process, which is great. I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks for having me, Bert. Yeah, thanks for having us. Corey, I, you know, I've known your your involvement historically for a long time, and I'm glad I finally got you on the radio. And I would like to have you give us a quick, uh, you know, kind of quick history on on automatic voter registration. What the? I mean, it's it's kind of I read Malia's uh, op-ed, and it seems like a pretty obvious thing that would be a great benefit. But give us a little bit of uh, background. Um, well, first, automatic voter registration. What is it? Uh, so it's when eligible citizens are automatically, they're going to be automatically registered to vote or their voter registration is going to be updated when they apply for or renew their Hawaii state driver's license or state ID unless they decline. So basically changing it from an opt-in to an opt-out system. And then the second component is that voter registration information is going to be electronically transferred uh, from the licensing officials to elections officials, which I think it's right up your alley, right? Modernization. Right, right, right. So, so um, what is the current what is the current state of voter registration right now? Uh, so, you know, voting modernization is something uh, we've been working on for years, and advocates in the community have been working on mm-hmm, for years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's taken us a while to get here, but we're we're almost there. You know, we have online voter registration uh, that went into effect in twenty. 16. And uh, now we have uh, same-day voter registration. It was phased in through 2016, went into full effect in 2018. And, you know, hopefully we're going to get vote by mail uh, statewide soon. And for practical reasons, you know, that one, we just can't get enough volunteers to staff the polls Mm -hmm. and the control center and all of that. And now automatic voter registration, this would complement all of this, you know, making sure that we are using technology and not using paper forms, making sure our voter rolls are up to date uh, and it'll enhance security, lead us to some cost efficiency savings and, you know, just reap the benefits. Like so so when you talk about voter registration, currently uh, you, you have to opt in. So the assumption is you're not a, you're not a registered voter. So you're out there and, and you have, uh, um, you've graduated from high school, you've graduated from college, you're coming back to Hawaii, and now you, the system that currently exists is you have to go in and you have to register to vote. So you have to basically opt in to vote. Yes, that's correct. I mean, even though we might have transactions with the government, like our driver's license or state mm-hmm. ID, where they're mm-hmm. getting all of this information, it's duplicate, right? Our mm-hmm. name, our address, mm-hmm. our birth date. Uh, even though they have this, you know, we still have to go through an extra step, a needless, really bureaucratic barrier for some folks. And so why not streamline this? Mm-hmm. So, so Amelia, how did uh, how did a senior at Punahou get involved with this uh, this? <laughs> Not only issue, but you know, really getting to the point where you've written opted piece, you're getting your classmates to be more interested in the whole, let's say, voting process as well as the political process. How did how did you get involved with this? Um, well, I have a family who's pretty involved in politics, and so uh, first semester of this year, I had to do a school project about something that would help outside of my school and in the community, and so um, I was con- I was connected with Corey um, when she was at Common Cause um, before she left. And uh, she kind of gave me the intern training and told me about the issues they were working on. She was kind of like, AVR is something that we're really concerned about right now. Mm -hmm. And she's like, do you want to research it and maybe write an op-ed? And I was like, of course, because 
immediately when I heard about it, I was kind of baffled that it didn't already exist in our system. And every time I mentioned it to one of my friends or to someone my age, they were also kind of astounded that it didn't already exist. And they were kind of like, whoa, why don't we have this? And that's kind of amazing. And so I just want to be able to get that information out to people because I didn't know about it until I talked to Corey. And so I want more people to know about it and have it as an option. Well, I think that's great because I really didn't know about it either. I mean, I, I was trying to recall when did I register to vote. So somewhere along the line, I, I, I registered to vote. But how, how long ago was that? It was probably <laughs> when they had stone tablets. <laughs> and it said, you know, do you want to register? So I kind of chiseled it out and said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll register to vote. So that's, that's when it started. But when, when I read your op-ed piece, I mean, it seemed like, God, this is obvious that if you are, let's say, getting a license, and you know, as a result of getting your license, you're registered to vote. Yeah. And so then, if you decide that you, you know, why not be registered? And if you wanted to opt out, you can opt out. But you know, what's wrong with just having the registration already in place? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like I, I literally, so many of my friends, I'd say probably ninety nine percent of my friends have been to the DMV at some point, have a permit, have a license, you know, have had that interaction with the government, and yet not very many of them are registered to vote unless um, the school comes in and, and helps them do that process and go through that process. And mm-hmm. I think because there's so many young people my age who go through that kind same kind of rite of passage of going and getting their license, you know, it's such a great opportunity for people to get involved and to get registered. They don't necessarily have to vote, but it's one extra step that they no longer have to worry about. So typically now, I mean, without without automatic voter registration, I mean, where would you you have same-day voting, you know, and all that. But uh, typically, uh, in a normal, let's say, process, what would you have to do? You'd have to go to an office of elections and say, I want to register to vote, and they give you a form, and then you fill it out. Pretty much. I mean, you can get these forms, you know, at the library or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, again, we do have online registration now. But you still need, in order to do that, you do need a Hawaii State ID or driver's license for the signature component mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're still... You still need to opt in. You still need to go to a separate website or you still need to fill out the paper form. Um, And now, you know, you can even do that with same day registration, go into the poll and, you know, on early walk in voting or on Election Day and register to vote. But, you know, what that's slowing down the line. If, you know, we can get people registered beforehand, you know, they don't have to wait in line to register. And then the people behind them who may already be registered don't have to wait, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just, again, efficiency and just streamlining it. Now, this is something that is not uh, obviously just dreamt up in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when has the when was the start of this automatic voter registration effort? I mean, and again, it's kind of a multi-year thing. So sure. are we at the at the final stretch of getting this thing signed? I sure or? hope so. <laughs> so, so. How long ago did it start? Um, well, Oregon was the first state to pass uh, uh, AVR, and that was in 2015. So they were mm-hmm. the first state to have it through any election cycle, which is in 2016. Uh, Hawaii, it was first introduced in Hawaii in 2016, and we've had subsequent bills in every legislative session since then. Uh, I'm hoping that this is the final year, you know, right? Let's let's get it done because it is, as you know, Malia was saying in her op-ed, it's a no-brainer. So, so Malia, have you been have you been uh, walking the halls of the Capitol and talking to <laughs> legislators, getting your students, you know, student uh, 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 comrades to, <laughs> to to walk the halls along with you? I mean, uh, how is you know how is your effort? 
translated to actually interacting with some of the and of course we're in the legislative session right now so there's a lot of activity over at the capitol i mean has this brought you to the Capitol to talk story with the legislators? Not yet. I mean, hopefully, maybe soon. But um, currently, I'm taking a civics class, so I'm kind of enjoying being able to take the civics class and kind of go through and talk about AVR with all the people in the class because there are also people who are interested in government. And so, honestly, I'm just kind of trying to talk to everyone I know at school, whoever I see, and kind of be like, yeah, have you heard of AVR? Like, maybe you should support that. Mm -hmm. The problem, I think, is with most people my age is that they don't think they can be involved because they can't vote yet. And so they just don't think there's anything to do until er until they turn 18. And, you know, I'm just trying to change that idea that no one can do anything until they can vote. So, Corey, this has been going on since, what, 2016 and every, you know, 2016, 17, 18, you know. Now. What has caused it to die along the way? What, what have you identified as being the key obstacles? You know, there's really no uh, too much vocal opposition to it. I mean, most people agree, yes, we do need to update our election systems. I don't know if maybe because it is such a no-brainer that people get more entrenched in more complex issues, whether that's homelessness or affordable housing or whatever it may be. So it's easy for this to maybe fall through the cracks. Or also, again, we were working simultaneously on the modernization, voting modernization. So with vote by mail, that was the bigger focus last year. But Mm -hmm. that's not to say that these don't complement each other. They absolutely will make each program better, right? If we have up-to-date voter rolls and we have, you know, vote by mail, then at least this way we know the the ballot is being sent to the correct address and the correct voter, right? So have you given Malia a lesson in submitting testimony? Oh, she will <laughs> soon. Don't worry. <laughs> soon. The, you know, the session's been going on for I know. several weeks now. I mean, it's hard. Well, of course, you can't do it in really in person if it's going on while she's in class. Yeah. That's a little hard, but, and we did go over testimony, but we'll make sure that you guys are more front and vocal about it. (laughs) Well, I I, I do want to actually talk about some of the bills that are currently in play. And Corey, you can sort of update us on what is still alive and still, uh, still, you know, ones that testimony would be helpful for. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Corey Tanita and uh, Malia Magulis, and we're talking about automatic voter registration. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Wealth Jar, Kaiser Permanente, and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Corey Tanita and we're talking to Melanie Margulis. And they are both very involved with advocating for automatic voter registration. Now, right before the break, we were talking about some of the legislative process and and what it might take to actually pass a bill. Uh, Maybe, Corey, would there be a specific bill you would like people to kind of go and take a look at and, re, you know, research and maybe be aware of what it says? Well, you know, first of all, there was a, a, a dozen AVR bills that were introduced. A dozen? At my count, anyway, it was a dozen. Oh, you were pretty busy, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, it really wasn't me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, we definitely talked with legislators and, and all of that, but I think that just shows that there is mm-hmm. a growing recognition that we do need to make these simple mm-hmm, changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so credit goes out to them. And so... As we 
you know, go move th- through session, bills start to get whittled down. So uh, it seems like the most likely vehicles are going to be SB 412 for the Senate side. Mm-hmm. And that made it through the Senate Transportation Committee. Still, the report needs to come out, but uh, hopefully next it'll be headed to the Judiciary Ways and Means Committee soon. And then um, HB 1217, uh, that went through the House Judiciary Committee, and that report needs to come out as well. And there are a couple of others that uh, try to expand or look at expanding AVR beyond just the DMV interaction, uh, you know, possibly for public assistance programs and um, taxes and things like that, because a lot of it, uh, they do need to ask whether or not people are registered and provide that form because of our federal uh, laws like the Help America Vote Act. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not, again, it's just more changing it. They're already asking these questions of if you're registered and if you want to have a form, but again, changing it more from an opt-in to an mm-hmm, opt-out. Mm-hmm. So, Amelia, uh, you know, in terms of actively getting involved with submitting testimony, uh, what is it that, that you need to know in order to do that? Do you need to know, like, when to submit testimony or where to submit testimony? Yeah, definitely. I think it's about both a when and a where um, and just uh, kind of thinking about uh, when is the right time and also thinking about my school schedule because that can kind of be a bummer sometimes. But um, just about submitting testimony, it's kind of just working with other people and kind of trying to gather a group together so we can all show solid support mm-hmm, for this. Mm-hmm. What's uh, What I love about the uh, testimony submittal process is that you just go to capital.hawaii.gov. It says submit testimony. You click on a button and boom, you're there. And all it says is upload your testimony and you just, you know, you can draft it up as an individual, uh, say support, and you can just submit it. And you can actually, if you actually want to have a uh, a bunch of folks from your class go to the actual hearing legislators love to see especially especially students yeah hopefully you guys can but again right with the legislative schedule we know how oh yeah crazy it is for the eight-hour notice 24 hours to submit testimony so Mm -hmm. um we need to be respectful (laughs) of malia's full schedule but you know well, you I, know, like I mean, that if you're having getting... a, a civics class, I mean, that it's could true. be a, that could be uh, if it aligns, excursion. excursion. I'll have to talk to my teacher yeah. and see what I can do. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. yeah let's hope. <laughs> so when's that? No, when is your class so we can schedule a hearing? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, have there been um, specific uh, legislators that have been very supportive and and you know want to see this thing move forward? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody has openly come out and said like, no, I don't want more people voting. Uh, but you know uh, the Two judiciary chairs have been very strong champions, so mm-hmm. Senator Carl Rhodes, uh, Representative Chris Lee, uh, but also some of the freshmen have been great as well. Uh, their bill, HB 1217, that's the House Freshmen's Bill, but even like Representative Daniel Holt, when he was a freshman, they I think they've really seen, like, you know, we need to meet voters where they are. Mm-hmm. Voting is still very important and integral to our system, but we need to update it. Mm-hmm. So now you mentioned that the the other half of the coin is the transmittal of the information from whatever whether it's uh, uh, getting your driver's license or doing your tax return. Uh, how much of a system change would that require in order to facilitate the transfer of that information? Well, fortunately, the Office of Elections and the Department of Transportation, in conjunction with our 
county system because it's all different systems, mm-hmm. right? Our DMVs right, are through right, counties right. and all of that. So uh, they've already been talking and trying to work on what they can behind the scenes. And so uh, the Department of Transportation and the Office of Elections have an MOA, a Memorandum mm-hmm. of Agreement, in place um, to do the electronic transfer of information. It's still being implemented. Uh, they're not quite there yet. They still need to do some testing and final phases. Um, but they're doing what they can because they see it too. They shouldn't be using paper forms and they shouldn't have to be trying to decipher, you know, people's handwritings mm-hmm. from their form and manually inputting it. You know, as we kind of joke, right, Malia, like we're always like, it's 2019, right? I know, it's 2019. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, it's great to hear that they uh, expect to see this coming and that they're they're talking, but to the degree where they're, actually implementing or perhaps testing a prototype or making sure that it's ready to go there may be there may be some reluctance in in supporting the bill because they need more time and how can can you help determine whether or not uh, they can do it within the time frame so let's say the bill passes uh, it gets signed into law uh, it goes into effect uh, let's say I don't know hopefully 2020 is that enough time for them to do the system change uh, from my conversations with them, I, I believe it is. They are in. They're hoping to get the system done by the end of this fiscal year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and because again, they have been working on this for a couple of years now. Um, but again, hopefully, there's no no hiccups or anything like that. Um, but so I don't, you know, and and I think you can see it through through the years through testimony before. You know, the other agencies might have been a little bit more reluctant, but this year they're not opposing it. They're like, oh, maybe a technical change here in the language, but, you know, they're much more willing to, it seems to me that they're willing to. So if it's, uh, let's let's say it's implemented through the the DMV, the counties would actually, you know, do the, the, the driver's license. But the county system is all aggregated, right? I think I think the county of, uh, sitting county of Honolulu actually does that, or is it the, a state function? The driver's license yeah, system? Yeah. That's That's the counties. It's not so, so you would have to make sure that the counties all had the capability of transmitting the information, right? And that's that's what the, all their IT wonderful IT teams, you know, are working on and have been working on. Like, so are they coordinated? I mean, you know, like you have you have all the different counties: Maui, Big Island, Kauai, uh, and Honolulu. I mean, are they coordinated so that whatever gets done gets done across the board? Yeah, it 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 seems that way. At least from my conversations again with them, they. They haven't had any objections to it, and again, with the transformation system, the the trans- transfer system, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. they expect this to be done. They're they're doing initial testing right now, and hopefully, you know, I think the they will. They are all synced, not synced, but they are all co- coordinating. Mm-hmm, excuse mm-hmm. me, but um, obviously, the bigger test case would be Honolulu County because just of the massive size. Right. So I figured the the real. <clears throat> um, Challenge then is is making sure that the system is capable of handling mm-hmm. this new sort of voter registration right. opt in. Right. Yeah. And then it's also connecting to right the online voter registration system mm-hmm. overall, and that was a different overhaul in itself because that before was the counties managing more the, mm-hmm. the voter rolls, but now it's. I mean, yes, they still help with processing and all of that, but. The, the online registration database is under the state. So it's all kind of a complex puzzle of who's in charge of this and who's in charge of that. So and real quickly, uh, which uh, bills should they follow? 
HB 1217 and SB412. And people can submit testimony to support. Yes, and check out our website, avrhawaii.com. Learn more about it. If you want to get involved, uh, you know, shoot us an email. Very good. Corey Tanita, she's an independent consultant working on automatic voter registration along with Melia Margulis, a senior over at Punahou High School. Very proud of you. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> thank you for having us. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk with the next Mana Up cohort. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, or Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. You may we-